It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, great to see you all this morning. Let me start with a question. I want just in your head, no judgment, give yourself a score, a number from one to 10 of how you would score your current prayer life. Now, 10 is like, you're, you're like Jesus. Like you're up there praying like Jesus. Praying like Jesus. And one is like, prayer? Is that a thing? So just, just give yourself a number. And the reality is no one's a 10. And whatever number you gave yourself, the reality is that there is room for improvement, okay? If there wasn't, we wouldn't be teaching. We'd just go straight for the cake. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> But there's some usual suspects that come to mind when we maybe score ourselves down a little bit. You know, busyness. There's one. Prayer. <laughs> Another thing on the list. Uh, there, there's like uh, discouragement and disappointment, maybe from sometime in the past where you've prayed for something and it didn't work. You know, tried it. Tried to pray for that marriage. Divorce papers ended up landing on the table anyway. Try to pray for God to help you break an addiction. Hasn't broken just yet. Pray to God to free you from anxiety and yet every day it's a, it's a recurring theme for you. Another one, and this one maybe flies under the radar a little bit, but actually full disclosure, this is the one that I would give myself the reason for marking down and, and it's self-sufficiency. I'm super pragmatic. Something's broke. I'm on it. And like, anyway, maybe that's you. So a couple of weeks ago, we launched this series, The World Spins Madly On, Volume 1, simply because the world spins madly on. You've probably noticed. And uh, what we've been doing is been learning some lessons from a prophet, and a prophet's like a spokesperson for God, a guy named Elijah. And uh, when you start to look at the life of Elijah, it very quickly is apparent that he's a bit of a heavyweight. Like he seems to have access to some serious superpowers. In fact, one of the featured plans, we, we do a featured plan in the Bible app every week. I think one from last week, the author of that featured plan described Elijah entering history as a, 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 a meteor. Uh, he appeared like a meteor on a dark night. It's just this like, boom, I'm here. And uh, one of the things when you read and you learn and you look at someone like Elijah, it's very easy to kind of put them up on a pedestal and assume that everything that they've done is, is somewhat unattainable. Like, you know, we, we couldn't do that and, and, and crop ourselves out and just say, good for Elijah, I'm sort of impressed, but I'm not certain that I could really jump into that slipstream. Well, let me show you something quite remarkable that Jesus's half-brother, guy named James, he wrote a letter to the early Jewish Christians and he included this in that letter. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. That's kind of what we're going to hit on today. But look at this. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain and it didn't, not a drop for three and a half years. And then he prayed that it would rain and it did. 
Elijah, human just like us. Translation, he wore his undies on the inside. Thank you, Reese. appreciate it. And this is encouraging that he's a human just like us. He, James would have had access to historical records of dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have prayed epic prayers and have God respond by doing epic things. And the one that he double clicks on intentionally happens to be Elijah, a human just like us. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. Learn some principles about prayer straight from Elijah's playbook. So if you've got your smartphone near you, and I know you do, you can scan this flow code. It's going to take you to 1 Kings chapter 18. While you're doing that, let me just give you a recap because this is week three and we're kind of going chronologically through Elijah's story. The first week, Elijah is where Elijah entered the pages of history at a time where over a 200 year window, the nation of Israel had been ruled by increasingly evil kings, succeeded by the worst and the worst, and then they got worse and worse till number 19 is a guy named King Ahab, who was literally the worst of the worst. In fact, it's quite plausible, and historians would say this, that, that if Elijah hadn't intervened when he did, or if God hadn't used Elijah to intervene when he did, the nation of Israel may have never, this might have been their last chance, like literally may never have reconnected with the God of Israel. Super, super powerful. So Elijah got right up in King Ahab's business. This isn't something you do. And confronted him on God's behalf and said, literally, there's gonna be a drought. My God, the God of Israel, He's gonna show you who's in control of the rain because you've started worshiping false gods and you think they control the rain. My God's gonna turn the tap off and you're gonna experience an incredible economic shutdown that is gonna be catastrophic to your kingdom. Gonna call your authority and your credibility as a leader into question. And then God's gonna turn the tap back on again when I say so. All right, king didn't like that so much. God knew that. So God stashed Elijah away, partly for protection, but also to take him through a season of preparation. So we talked about that. Three and a half years later, and a bounty had been put on Elijah's head by the king. The bounty was still on his head and God said to Elijah, go back to Ahab and I want you to confront him again. This time confront him and confront the prophets of the false gods that they've started worshipping. And we're gonna have a showdown on Mount Carmel. And they had a showdown. And it was Elijah and the God of Israel versus 450 prophets and the God of Baal. And let's just say it was no contest. Elijah and the God of Israel, epic, convincing defeat. So you can go back to our podcast, listen to that, catch up. Then this happened. Well, actually, there's a little gory bit, which I'm just gonna skip right over. It's not PG. You can read it for yourself and you'll think, oh, seems a bit extreme. Anyway, skip to the next part. Meanwhile, Elijah climbed back to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, his face between his knees. And then he said to his young servant, on your feet now, look toward the sea. Well, the servant went, looked and reported back, I don't see a thing. Keep looking, said Elijah, seven times if necessary. And sure enough, the seventh time, The servant said, oh yes, a cloud, but very small. 
no bigger than someone's hand rising out of the sea. Like, no big deal. First thing that we can learn from Elijah's prayer is he was specific. This wasn't a vague prayer. Oh God, whatever you want to do is fine by me. Which is kind of a good prayer. I mean, that's fine. But actually sometimes you have to get straight to the point. Elijah prayed for rain. Prayed specifically for rain. Now I'm aware that for some people, this idea of praying specifically is a bit of a sticking point. It can seem a bit presumptuous. I mean, how, how do I even know, what's the point of praying for something if I'm not even sure if, if, if God's answered that, if it's even on the menu, right? Well, let me explain how menus work. If you go to a restaurant you've never been to before, you roll in, you might know sort of the general brand of cuisine, the Indian restaurant, Italian restaurant, Thai restaurant, whatever it is. Okay, great, you go in. But you've never been there before. You don't have to wonder what options are available to you because there's this thing they have called a menu. Chances are you already looked at it on the internet before you even went to the restaurant. You know what a menu is? A menu is a list of promises <laughs> from the chef to your palate. That's all it is. It's like, if you ask for this, we will give it to you. Now, if some of you have switched your smart Alex switched on, well, what if they've run out? Yeah, all right, great. Don't be a smart Alec. Here's one difference. God ev- doesn't ever run out. So when you are at that restaurant and the server comes to you and says, sir, madam, can I take your order? You order something on the menu. The servant goes, great. It'll be 20 minutes and that's what you're gonna get. Clarity gives you confidence. If you've taken the time to read the menu and you know the item is on the menu, then you don't have to be wishy-washy. Oh, you know, I really, uh, you say, yep. If you just point to it, you may even know how to pronounce it. Number 17, 17 it is. That's what God's Word sets us up for. It contains pretty exhaustive list of his promises. And so you can think, actually, I read that. God, I got one for you. I read it here. You promised it. I'm asking you for it. And God says, great, sure, about time. But even in this particular deal, we even have a leg up on Elijah. See, Elijah, when he prayed to God, the only written account that he would have had is what's called the Torah or the Pentateuch, not to be confused with Tara Pentateuch. Um, Anyway, very, very, very inside joke and probably not actually funny. Uh, I workshopped that with Tara two years ago and she hasn't forgiven me yet. Um, Not as good as my uh, Taylor Swift jokes. Basically, Elijah would have had access just to what we now have called the first five books of the Bible. That's all he had access to. We've now got the whole thing from A to Z. 
And, and, and so that gives us the leg up. Secondly, he would not have had God's Holy Spirit living in him, giving him direction and strength. That would have been an external thing. So we actually have a leg up on Elijah when it comes to prayer. Secondly, with that in mind, Elijah prayed big prayers. See, small prayers don't achieve big results. That's the reality. Elijah demonstrated that by praying for things that were beyond his own capacity, praying for things that when they came to be answered, there was only one explanation, and that is that God did that, not some smart, intelligent, university-trained guy named Elijah. Now, I'm not saying don't pray everyday prayers, okay? Just this week, Friday morning, woke up, Lou and I getting ready for the day, and I said, babe, uh, Rough night for me last night. Uh, one of my fingers was throbbing. Uh, she said, well, what happened? I said, well, yesterday, um, let's just say I was subjected to a freak gardening accident where during said accident, I felt something in this finger around the, the second joint pop. And when it popped, I thought to myself, that can't be good. So the next morning, it looked like I had a thumb where my finger used to be. And so Louis says, no problem, let, let, let's pray for that. And I thought to myself, why didn't I think of that? It literally didn't even cross my mind. I said, self-sufficiency, it's a problem. And so Louis grabs it and she says this, this is the prayer. Dear Jesus, whether this infirmity was the result of an accident or just sheer stupidity. And I'm like, wait, what? I can't amen that. Throwing me under the bus in front of Jesus. And sure enough, got through the rest of the day, pain free, hasn't been a problem since, matches the other one brilliantly. Uh, so I'm not saying don't pray everyday prayers. I'm just saying, don't limit yourself to everyday prayers. Don't cap yourself. Now, if you're a rookie in the prayer world, everyday prayers are actually a great jump off point. But, but, but understand that's a jump off point. That's where you've got your training wheels on. The rain prayer wasn't Elijah's first big prayer. His first big recorded prayer was when a boy died and Elijah, who, by the way, there was no precedent that this would even happen because it had never happened before. Elijah prayed for that boy that God would bring him back from the dead. And God did. Elijah couldn't even say, just like happened in the days of Elijah. And God's like, all right, yeah. No precedent. First resurrection in recorded history. That's Elijah's first recorded big prayer. Second one. Pray that fire would come out of the sky, burn up an offering, show the gods of the, the, the prophets of Baal that his God not only controls the rain, but controls life and controls fire and controls whatever he wants to control. And then now his third recorded prayer, he prays, God, make it rain. And not a sprinkle. I want a traffic stopper. This thing has to make the headlines of the news cycle. And that's exactly what happened. And then you'll notice also that Elijah's prayers were persistent. So he climbed 
back to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, face between his knees. And then he said to his young servant, on your feet now, look toward the sea. Servant went out, looked, reported back, I don't see a thing, which is fine. There, there wasn't anything to see after the first time. Keep looking, said Elijah, seven times if necessary. You see, Elijah didn't stop after praying once. Tried it, didn't work. Moving on. This just doesn't work. Waste of time. Elijah didn't allow the outward circumstances to override his inner conviction. He had an inward assurance that God was going to come through. And one of the mistakes that we can make is we can confuse a no and a not yet. Now, God will sometimes tell you no. He's God. He can do that. And if He does, it's for your best interest, right? It's called a loving father. But sometimes it's not a no. Like in my head, I always work it as a traffic light. Sometimes it gives you a green light. Sometimes it gives you an orange, I mean a red light. Sometimes it's an orange light, but it's the reverse orange light. It's not the one that you speed through before it goes red. It's the one where you just go, okay, just hold it there. Just hold it there to not yet. And so here's a question that I want you to ask yourself. Is there something that as I'm saying this, that sometimes it's a no and sometimes a yes. And we love the yes. We love the quick yes. All right, I'm on. Is there something, maybe take this with you during the week. Is there something that you confused and not yet for a no? And if so, my encouragement is to go back to that and put it back on the list. You deleted it, put it back on the list. A job opportunity. Maybe you're praying for God to, to just give you a little bit of a help with your financial situation and it seems like nothing happened. Maybe you prayed for God to restore a broken friendship, broken relationship and, and, it, 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 and it, it hasn't happened in the time you hoped and you kind of quit on it, but God's maybe stirring up saying it's, it wasn't a no, it's, it was a not yet. Maybe it's health issue and, and you assume God said no and so you've learnt just to cope and live with it rather than to keep bringing it before God for Him to ultimately heal it. Is it somebody in your sphere who's not yet following Jesus that you've been praying for and it doesn't look like the needle has even shifted one millimetre and so you're like, what's the point? They're worse now than when I started praying for them. And then there's this. Elijah prayed expectant prayers. Sure enough, the seventh time, the servant said, oh, yes, a cloud, but very small, no bigger than someone's hand rising out of the sea. I love this one. Quickly then, (laughs) on your way, tell Ahab, saddle up and get down from the mountain before the rain stops you. And on the service, this looks like Elijah's gaslighting his servant and he's telling his servant, go and gaslight the king. Because in this moment, the rain hadn't even begun. A cloud the size of a man's hand. Ooh, ooh, better hurry and get down the mountain. Sounds scary, sounds scary, king.
But Elijah, he saw that this was a hand that was indicative of God's hand on the move and God's hand just getting started. In fact, as much as this sounds like gaslighting, this is verse 44. Let me take you back to verse 41. Check this out. Before they even went up the mountain, Elijah said to the king, up on your feet, eat and drink, celebrate. Rain is on the way. I hear it coming. (laughs) Elijah hadn't even prayed yet. They were three and a half years into the drought. The drought was still on. The tap was still off. And he's telling the king, quick, 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 quick. There's rain coming. I can hear it. And the king's like, sure. Wasn't even a cloud in the sky, just like every single other day for the last three and a half years. And Elijah says, rain's on the way. I hear it coming. What are you, an ant? I could explain that, but I won't bother. So here's just a really, really quick flyover from literally one prayer and, and a little bit of context for some of Elijah's prayers. And, and, and this, is, this is not a formula. If anyone ever teaches you that this is how you pray, you, you say this, followed by this, followed by this, and then abracadabra, this happens. That's, that's no, no. But there are principles. There are principles and by learning and applying those principles, you can become a better prayer. You know, one of the things that, again, we have an advantage over Elijah is God's Word and is God's Holy Spirit. In fact, I neglected to say this. It's good enough to worth me just trying to remember Effective prayers open their eyes and their ears before they open their mouth. Effective prayers, I got it right. Wow, (coughs) sometimes I even impress myself. Effective prayers open their eyes. They read God's Word consistently and then they pray with a greater awareness of who God is, what God's done and what He's promised to do. And they open their ears. God, what's your Holy Spirit saying to me today? Holy Spirit's a chatterbox. Would you please shut up? And he's like, nope, 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 nope. So ground yourself consistently in God's Word and open your ears consistently to God's Holy Spirit and then you will be better positioned and better equipped when you come to open your mouth to pray. So here's a little audit. Takeaway homework. Am I praying big prayers? Am I praying specific prayers? Am I praying expectant prayers? And am I praying persistent prayers? Pretty sure, myself included, didn't even occur to me to pray for my bung finger, that all of us can take one or more of those principles and put them into practice this week. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. 
If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.